Um, I'm drawing a little uh, Frenchman. Oh, he's cute. Remember, it was a trend, uh, like the early 2000s, that everybody got a moustache uh, tattooed on their finger? Yeah. What the fuck was that about? Listen, I was very close to doing that. I tell you what I was very close to. Go on. The tackiest tattoos in the world. I remember one time I went to a tattoo parlor with Jamie. Hi, Jamie. And uh, Jamie doesn't listen to He this. does. He likes it. He oh. calls it. He calls us the murder feminists. That's, oh. our, that's our moniker. We are. We, I went to the... That, shh, I'm not going to say the name of the tattoo parlor but we went in and I wanted to get two of the ugliest tattoos I wanted to get two bows with cherries on them one on either breast, breast. not on my breast but, but like on your here. chest and Jamie was like don't do this and I was like you know what I want to do it but then he was completely right and I'm glad so I did so you're going to get like a bow yeah like a bow here and, and a bow here cherries I would have been like 20 I was 21 maybe yeah when the emo scene was a Within, big thing like that was a big thing yeah, uh, yeah, like yeah. girls had those chest pieces yes and which they are absolutely regretting yeah now. there was only one person that I ever seen a chess piece on that I really liked she worked in Urban Outfitters I won't say who it is was it when I worked there yeah my she was part of that whole like click and scene in Dublin that happened at the time God, was, do you remember all those massive, really it? irritating scene kids yeah um, she was one of them and she had honestly her chess piece was stunning it was nice yeah it was really intricate and detailed but oh, she pretty. also had like the most amazing skin tone was she like alabaster like really white like like kind of porcelain yeah, but kind would of would tan quite well as well she just was, I think I know who you're talking you about you do know who I'm talking yeah, about yeah I know you're talking and about and when this podcast's over I'm going to say some horrible things about her no we're not yeah no I actually she's wonderful I'm going to say some things that if I said on the podcast people would be like oh my god no she's wonderful in her chest but yeah I remember I wanted to get two bows here thanks to Jamie Balger he probably doesn't even remember this he was like don't don't ja- I can't do Jamie's accent Colin can he was like don't do this and I was like okay I won't and I didn't that's good yeah anyway Hello. Welcome to episode four. Episode four of Murder Most Irish. Wow. Who would have taught it? <laughs> not Who us. Who would have taught it? <laughs> Absolutely not us. No, Jesus Christ, I can't believe we're this far in. Um, we're deep, balls deep. We are balls deep. Uh, oh, um, I had, I just wanted to say hello and thank you to some people that were super helpful to us um, this week with the podcast. Like people that were contacting us and recommending our podcast to their listeners whom they have a lot of listeners um there's a podcast called real life ghost stories which is really really good um and the girl the lady presenter on that emma message system was really really helpful yeah she was really so sweet sweet. so thank you emma oh do you know what i did to emma but what you sent me like uh, you know the way you send a story to yeah, yeah 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 you sent me a story to in, to my Instagram right and I responded to the story which was actually hers her. and then thank god I noticed that I did it when I did because then I did it because I literally was like Jesus fucking Christ dude <laughs> like it was the most obnoxious message and I was like these guys are fucking incredible and, like but it didn't st- it started like I was being really offended if you oh like, if you I get you get, yeah you get context. your humour so and I was like oh Jesus Christ <laughs> unsent yeah unsent unsent and thank God she didn't say it um, thank you so much yeah thank you Emma it's really sweet and also my favourite name of podcast ever Mickey Waffles podcast Mickey Waffles Mickey Waffles is the best name if you are Irish you will understand why Mickey Waffles is the best first name first time I went to Disneyland and they were doing a whole hidden Mickey thing <laughs> like I was like what what is this they were like have you found the hidden mickeys and I was like Jesus it's like this is for kids this place is for kids um, but yeah thank you to um, I believe it's Sinead I'm sorry Sinead it is Sinead. It's Sinead isn't it yeah. uh, Sinead contacted us and was so kind and so helpful and promoted our podcast as well so um, I just wanted to say 
And Keelan. And Keelan. Keelan's awesome. Keelan, thank you. We keep getting followers because of Keelan. Yeah. Because she keeps putting stuff up and then Keelan's If like, you're looking awesome. to get tattooed, Go follow to Dinky Ink. Dinky Ink on, on Instagram. Instagram. She's amazing and her tattoos are incredible. And they heal amazingly. And the colours don't fade. Like my leg tattoos look pretty much the exact same. Yeah, as well. You know it's better than all of that shit. There's well, no fucking men. Men in, no her, men in her, in her unless she hires order. a man, and we will edit this to say no. If she like, hires a man, then you know she's vet him, and he's the right to be <laughs> he's there. A good, he's a good because guy. She's a fucking good ass feminist lady. <laughs> she's awesome. Her art is awesome as well. So if you go to her Instagram, she's selling prints, and they're incredible. If you're an X Files fan, which she is, which I am, I need to buy some prints actually. Um, her X Files prints are absolutely incredible. So. And Twin Peaks. And Twin Peaks. So get on it, Dinky Ink Instagram. But yeah, they were with just my two. Um, housekeeping things that I wanted to say thank Jesus. you to everybody I just thought it would be nice to say no that is nice and that's a lovely thing because it's very people are very because kind. I my my story this week was literally given to us by someone oh yeah um, I also have that Rachel Guy Whittle on Instagram <clears throat> that's her Instagram Rachel Guy Whittle G-U-Y-W-H-I-T-T-L-E Rachel was so sweet and messaged us and sent this story to us and Sarah decided to do because it's really fucked up and messed up and crazy um, yeah no it is good so it's awesome I also have one more thing and then I'll stop I'm sorry you can do this all night long no 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 because I knew we were talking about this um, because because obviously it's a true crime podcast I was reading during the week that the Golden State Killer Joseph D'Angelo um, they've decided he's decided that he's, he's going to plead, plead guilty, guilty. Um, which means he's going to avoid the death penalty yeah. but also what else he's going to do is I was reading today is he's going to plead guilty to a lot of rapes because the statute of limitations has run out so when he pleads guilty to those they won't be taken into account so he won't get the death penalty which I mean everybody has opinions on the death penalty it's really fucked up and I don't know how I feel about it but yeah <clears throat> he's a piece of shit yeah he's one of yes just the worst and his uh, one of the uh, defence team was saying that like this man has lived a long life he's just lived a long life like he's put this that many people through so much hell and he's just like lived to the age that he's at was so. he 70 78 I think yeah it's crazy yeah, yeah I just and nice. I I, <clears throat> I like I know the family must be going through so much as in his family yeah but I just want to know what yeah. their life was like well I'm pretty sure his kids hate him Rainy? Yeah, pretty sure. Why do you think that? Because I remember I was reading something a while ago. I should have looked this up before I came to the podcast. And I'm pretty sure one of his kids came forward as well. Oh, really? The whole thing. Yeah, I'm nearly sure. Like, I don't think that they... Like, listen, he wasn't a good person. So there's no way it wasn't brought into his, like, everyday life. Like, he didn't go out, rape and murder people. No, listen. And then come home and, like, make lunch for his kids. That's yeah, not what happened. You can't you know? hide that shit no, for very long. Like, um, but yeah, I just wanted to, because I read that this week. And I was like, oh, he's a piece of garbage. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. But anyway, have you got anything? Has anything happened? I'm no, sorry, you I took over. Oh, the... I had like, how was your week? My week was okay. It was, how was it? It was okay. I didn't have PMS this week, so my period's gone. So hooray. It's PMS every day. Listen, friend. Hey, I'm not your friend. <laughs> not your fucking mate. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, it was absolutely fine. It's just actually, yeah, it's a good week because everybody was really nice to us and stuff. So, but yeah, podcast. no, the podcast was, was like lovely. really good. Yeah. I had a shit week. Hmm. And the shittest of the shit weeks. Sarah had a yeah. really crappy but it's, week. It's like we're later on in the week now and it's it's turning into it's getting a better. good week. Yeah, it's getting yeah. better. And I did the most intense interview of my long life. Yeah, insane. I can't say who it's with. I had to sign an NDA, but it wasn't with Google and it wasn't with PayPal and it was with some other big internet company. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We know who she's talking about. It's not Amazon. <laughs> Do you know what an NDA is? Yes. 
did they tell you? Yeah, no, I read it. <laughs> I read it and I explained it. And you were like, fuck it. Yeah, no, honestly, it was intense. But it went really well, but it was four and a half hours of four interviews back to back. Whilst I sat on the floor of my bedroom and made it look like I had a uh, rainy... Were you on uh, on uh, Zoom the entire time? I was on the Amazon Chime. Oh. <laughs> no, listen, Amazon Chime is used by tons of companies. <laughs> that sound like Amazon. Sound like Amazon. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it was really, it was like, honestly, but the interviews went really well and I was really proud of myself for like doing it and following trip because like the day before I was just messaging you being like, yeah, I'm no, not fucking panking. doing this. Lads, she was stress pooping like a mad joke. stress pooping like, no, pooping no, like, like no tomorrow. God, I had to have a bat. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is, I can't give out. I talked about my vagina so much. You're allowed to talk about yours. So yeah. Well, so. But um, then it got, it got really because I did it and I was super proud of myself for doing it. And then my husband like ordered me a Chinese, Yay! and uh, we're getting a new puppy tomorrow. So yeah, it's um, and it's turned into good. And then honestly, from like Wednesday on, the amount of like messages we got about the po- so podcast, so nice. Like it actually put me in a good mood for like. Yeah, no, this is so much fun to do. Yeah, and people and, are being so sweet. So and that's I, I sound like such a fucking sociopath. We're talking about murder, and this is fun. No, but it's it's fun in the sense that we're enjoying doing it. It's not we're not yeah. sitting here going, God, it's great when women are killed. Mm-hmm. Like it's not that sounds like something Colin would say. Secretly are. Maybe we are, deep down. Deep down. That sounds like something Colin would say to piss me off so I scream at him. <laughs> exactly. He would come in and say that to me and I'd be like, get the fuck out of my room. Um yeah, and we had loads of really good feedback as well from last week's episode about or well yeah, last week's episode when this goes out about the knockoff toys. Yeah, just if anybody has any pictures actually of like knockoff toys, please send them to us. One of our friends sent me. She couldn't find the picture, but she was like, my her brother had a, a knockoff Simpsons jumper. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and it had a uh, Bert Samson. Samson. <laughs> <laughs> the Samson. Did she find the picture? No, she hasn't oh, found shit. it. Aoife, get fucking on it. Aoife, come Aoife. on. Aoife, get come your on. shit together. Get your shit together. Um, but yeah, so that's good. It's all been good. Although it, yeah, but it's been a pretty shitty week again. It's for been 2020. pretty shitty. Yeah, 2020 sucks balls. Uh, just mad, massive shout outs to everybody that's protesting and doing what they got to do. And giving money to Yemen. Yes, Give money to please, Yemen. Please, please, please. I know everything's hard and times are hard and everything's awful, but if you can help, please, 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 please. Yeah, please no. Help. Um, and also go and read every piece of literature from Angela Davis that you can find if you need to educate yourself on what's happening in America at the moment and not even in America around the world with regards to racism Ireland mm. is massively racist the UK everywhere mm. um, Angela Davis is incredible just google her go find her stuff and read that yeah there we go Yay. do you want to start your story or is there okay. anything else no oh, I think that's everything okay that's us being no, self, in- self indulgent over absolute self indulgence yeah. do um, yeah so this week I am going to do the story and murder. So I'm going to do the story of Brendan O'Donnell and the murder of Meldorini, her three-year-old son, Liam, and father, Joe Walsh. A nice light-hearted one for, for a Thursday. <laughs> and before I do it, um, this, all the information I got is from Ortiz Scannell. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that Scannell, yeah. I don't speak no, no, Irish. No, no, you're already spelled uh, The like Irish Independent, um, and that's pretty much it. I didn't really, any other information. There was a couple of books I looked at, but... It was all in Scannell and all in the Irish and Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. Um, and also, this one is difficult. Okay. Um, it's not, like, lighthearted. It's a pretty... Like, they're, listen, they're all not lighthearted, but this one, I kind of go into detail. Okay. So, before I get into those bits where I talk with the detail, I'll kind of preempt and warn. Okay. 
Okay, so Imelda Riley was from Terranure in Dublin. She was married to a gentleman called Val Balance, which is a great name. That's a great name. He's from Clonturf. Um, and they were married in 1984. Um, they moved to London after they got married and they have two children. So they had Oshin and Lean. And in 1992, unfortunately, their marriage broke down. Hmm. So it's obviously Ireland in the 90s, so they can't get divorced. Mm-hmm. And she moves back to Ireland and Val stays in London. She buys a cottage in East Clare near the town of Scariff. Again, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. And settles down there with her two children. She's an artist. She isn't really a part of like the local community. She's seen as like an outsider because one, she's from Dublin. A blowing. Yeah, and also because she doesn't have a husband. Ugh. So she's moved there with these two kids. She's also, they treat her as like, no one's mean to her. She doesn't have a horrible life. In fact, she has a lovely life. Right. But you'll when I get into the story, you'll see why that's important to see that she was kind of not deemed as part of their society. Okay. Um, she ma- maintains a really good relationship with Val and he regularly visits. Um, he works as a local tradesman and in the area, whenever he comes to visit, he works. Um, and on April 24th, 1994, Val arrives in Clare to stay with Imelda and his children. So, Friday, April 29th, 1994, Val and Oshin, so Val and their oldest son, who's seven at the time, they leave home early. Val had work organised refurbishing a local school in Scarif, and Oshin had a play date in the morning with a local family, and then that local family were going to bring him to school because it was like a kid in his class. Okay. Imelda, Imelda and Liam are still in bed when they leave and it's not uncommon for that to happen for Val to be gone before Imelda's up. Imelda is due to meet Val after school with the two boys later that day but she never arrives. Mm. Val collects Oshin from the school and when he returns to the house Imelda's not there, her car is gone, the kettle is on the gas ring and is boiled dry and the gas is still on and Imelda's tobacco pouch is still in the house so she was like she'd smoke a lot and it would be common for that to be still there um, and I kind of go into the thing that Imelda's seen as an outsider in the town it's worth noting and looking at the Garda because she's an artist and because she's seen as like this lone parent okay. and kind of not with her husband anymore they kind of treat her as if she's like she's called a hippie in a lot of things oh, okay. the alarm isn't really raised so it's almost like they're thinking oh she's a bit flighty they think she's wandered off with yeah, the kid yeah, yeah, and yeah. that she's going to show up at some point um, and they don't really treat any they don't treat her as missing Right now Val it's stated that Val doesn't go to the guards for quite a long time which I'll get into but I don't know if that's correct or accurate and it was really difficult to find really accurate information around when dates happened. So on Saturday the 30th of April, Imelda's car is found burnt out, but it's not traced back to Imelda or connected to Imelda until until the following Wednesday. Okay. So we're now Saturday. On Sunday the 1st of May, so she's now gone two days, Imelda is officially reported missing by her husband, her ex- husband uh, on May the 2nd and concerns start to mount over the lack of action and care taken by the Garda regarding Imelda. Imelda is seen as a hipster and outsider. She's not a part of the local church and she's treated very much as someone who may have just wandered off. It doesn't appear in any media or journalist publications until the 2nd of May and the first place the story pops up is Claire FM. 
they start to run with the story but whispers kind of start to happen in the village because obviously it's a small village and yeah. people are like where is where she is and she? what's happening right. and when the people in the village uh, connect Imelda and Neem's disappearance with a gentleman named Brenda, Brendan O'Donnell fear starts to kind of rev up in the community because Brendan is known as someone to have mental health issues to have been violent he lived very much on the outskirts of the local society he was very much feared and uh, people were genuinely terrified of him and a family who had previously been Brendan's legal custodians when he was a teenager, they go to the Garda and say that you need, if he's really, if he's connected in any way to this, you need to go to Craig's Wood, um, because that's where he would go and that's where he would have taken them if there's something gone well, awry here. Late to them for like going. But the Garda like... didn't listen, and the Garda don't think. Jeez they they still don't think that this lady is missing. They don't think anything's really wrong. Like the actual ignorance and it's it's obviously massively frequent in this time of like I grew up with a mother and she was she was a single parent my father wasn't around but I don't ever remember feeling like we were neglect like we weren't part of it but then again I don't know how she felt she could have felt that do you know what I mean yeah but your mom was very much part of her she community was a, like your mom went to family. church and she's a huge family she's down like, and stuff yeah, whereas yeah. Emel is a complete outsider she not, didn't know anybody she, she doesn't have anybody down her family are from Taranure in Dublin oh this is horrible um, so the guards are like oh she's a little fairy hipster person and we're yeah. just going to ignore all the people coming and being like if she's anywhere near this guy he's probably done something to her yeah and so pricks. there is a local post woman so there's like a post lady yeah. who says that she's seen Brendan with her but no one takes it seriously and when I heard that I was like but like listen in a small community like I know my postman yeah your mum knows her yeah, postman yeah, 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 yeah. like postmen and postwomen see and know everything in the they village they know everything yeah, so yeah, yeah. like I, it just was kind of deemed as like not important Jeez. so Monday the 2nd of May yeah Brendan O'Donnell is seen in air court he visits his grandmother who gives him a meal and she says that he's like erratic but it's not uncommon for Brendan to be erratic he also visits a priest and the priest is called Father Walsh he is Brendan's really agitated he's not making a whole lot of sense the priest offers him food money and a place to stay Brendan refuses all of this in a, uh, and goes on his way but he comes back and goes on a rampage that night and at like quarter to twelve at night he abducts Walsh at gunpoint and forces him to drive to Craig Woods what the fuck but no one knows that's happened so Wednesday morning the parishioners arrive to go to mass the priest is there and he's supposed to give early morning mass and Father Walsh is not missing it's not there and how quickly did the guards start and I have in capital letters now shit goes off yep and it's not funny but it is kind of funny because it's really Catholic Ireland it's this really strange footage like RTE footage of them being outside the church and all these like little old women like wandering around and like the the, the uh, presenter is like there was a confusion this morning in where is this Whitestown there's confusion tomorrow this morning in Whitestown when Father Joe just didn't show up for mass here in the background where the fuck is he yeah like, it's like a father like it's it's like a father yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's like Jesus Christ um, and people start to act really concerned the media are there immediately mm-hmm. uh, people show up and start wondering 
because people are linking this to Imelda's missing, right? People still have no idea that Brendan's involved. No okay. one knows that this event happened the night before. Father Joe is by himself when Brendan arrives at the church. But people start to essentially hypothesize that there's a serial killer or that something's happened because there's a three-year-old boy missing. A woman. There's a 29-year-old woman. And now the priest. And now of all the saints, a priest. Imelda's burned out car had been found, as I said, the day after she went missing. People, and now it's only linked back to Imelda. So her car was burnt out the day after she went missing. This is now... What the hell? We're now into Tuesday. Yeah. Um, and no we're now Tuesday when he's abducted and Wednesday when he's essentially Report deemed as being missing. missing and now they say that they found her car but they found it the day before the guards should be mm-hmm. fucking ashamed of themselves yeah so people now in Whitegate Village which is essentially where Amelda is from they start to really get really concerned right it starts to run in the media. A search is organised in the local church. The media start to report on the story. So it's in RT, it's in the Independent, it's everywhere. It's not just the local radio stations. A local postwoman comes forward in the media, but she'd already told the guards this, that she saw Brendan in the back of Imelda's car on the morning she went missing and she was travelling out of the village. There's footage of Val, so her husband, and it's so sad because it's like no one has listened to him his three-year-old son and his wife essentially have now been missing for what are we saturday what are we friday Friday, saturday Saturday, sunday Sunday, monday Monday, five five days days. five days gone and now like and if there's like this it's really ignorant this um journalist says to him are you worried are you concerned and he nearly starts to cry of course he's concerned. He's like, his wife is missing for four days. He's like, yeah. He's like, of course I'm concerned. She has no reason to be in that car traveling at that time. She has no reason to be with him. She doesn't know him. But now the priest is missing. But now the priest is missing. So Saturday, Saturday the seventh of May. No, I've I've skipped a bit. Sorry. Um, yes, yeah, the local postwoman, and then Far- Father Walsh's car is found burnt burnt out at Williams. Motherfucker's just burning cars. So yeah, because he, he, I don't think he can drive. So what he's doing is like abducting people at gunpoint, getting them to drive. He must be able to drive actually, because he, or anything else, he drops them and and walks them off. But essentially, he's burnt out that car too. Okay. The Garda and the military are galvanized on the Saturday, the seventh of May, and the search revs up. Brendan's name is now publicly released in the public domain as the main suspect, and a manhunt ensues. That morning, Brendan with the Garda on his heels, kidnaps a 17-year-old girl called Fiona Sampson from her home. He forces her to drive her family car seven miles away from her home and then off-road into a boggy woodland area. He is aware that like there's helicopters in the air, so he's trying to get her off the road into like essentially a forest. But the guards kind of know where he is, so he's aware that they're at, like on the way. Right. He forces... Hang on, I have to find out where I am. So he forces Fiona out of the car in her bare feet and nightdress. Oh, she must have been terrified. Yeah. And then go. he then goes to another car at another house with her, tries to steal a car there, but the person in that house, it's all over the news, they're aware that people are looking for Brendan, there's guard, helicopters in yeah. the air, notices, and he lets off a shot from a gun that he has, and the two, he essentially, him and uh, Fiona scamper. Yeah. 
he then goes to another house and this house belongs to a guy called Edward Cleary and he kidnaps Edward Cleary and Fiona Sampson and puts them in the car which is Edward Cleary's and he makes Edward drive the car but Edward notices that the guards are like not far behind on a road and he purposely stalls the car right the guards then start to shoot at the car so they start to shoot at the wheels um and a struggle in the car ensues and Edward essentially tries to get the gun off him right and the gun lets off and shoots and Fiona sees an opportunity because the car stopped they're fighting she jumps out she jumps out and then the guards are in the car as quick as a flash and they've essentially caught Brendan this is insane yeah so the, as it goes off then the guard the, I have said the guard shoot the tyres out I want to get um as you're telling the story I want to get that part in Law and Order where it goes ding ding (laughs) (laughs) Um, so Brennan is brought to the local guard station the media is like waiting so there's literally like a perp walk which generally doesn't happen so the media is waiting when he's taken from the car and he shouts out I know nothing about the woman and the kid they're under pressure to find the killer and I'm getting the blame ah no but there's no bodies found oh like so he, no one said that they're dead everyone's acting on the impulse that they're still, they're alive. still alive so Brandon protests his innocence until father Sean Nalon arrives at the station or it's N-E-Y-L-O-N Nalon 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 yeah he te- so he protests his innocence for the entire morning and day okay. then this, fa- this priest shows up who has like a relationship with Brandon he tells the priest that all three are dead he killed them he tells the priest where and what he did. Jesus Christ. Father Sean, Nalan. So at this point, there is the army are in, in the woods. Like there the are people searching. everywhere looking. Father Sean does not share this information with the Garda. <sighs> As he says, it is in the confidence of a confession. And it is not the time to tell. Well, Father Sean can go fuck himself. And I literally have... Because when I was watching the Scanal thing, Graham was lying in bed with me and I was like, fucking priests! Like, you'd swear he fucking went, shut up, you're not a psychologist. And even a psychiatrist or a psychologist legally has to tell the police if someone's yep. done something like this. And he says this as if it's like a piece of reverence. as if he Like was, he's proud of himself? Yeah, as if he was absolutely correct and... It's really horrible because there's this footage because the media perp this guy got a perp walk the media are desperate to know what this guy knows. He comes out of the station walks up the road says nothing to nobody says nothing to the media gets in the car and drives off. But can the guards keep him for what's that term when you do, when you have evidence but you don't tell them? Could they do that? Well, they, they didn't because it's fucking Catholic Ireland in 1994. Fuck so, you Father Sean. Yeah. So, I'm going to go into the details of what he told Father Brendan okay. happened. Um, and I just found this hard to read and listen. So I'll just say, if you're uh, like, just stop listening and then I'll give a bit where I say, start listening again. Is it, is it sexual? No, no, no. Okay, okay. Um, Father Walsh says to Brendan, don't shoot yourself or anyone else, just shoot me. So Father Walsh is like, he, Brendan's got the kid, he's got the mother and he's got him and he's like, just shoot me. Because Brendan is saying, I'm going to shoot myself. Be a father, Walsh. Don't be yeah. a father, Sean. Yeah, be a father, Walsh. Be a father, Walsh. So father, Walsh. Walsh is like, just shoot me. Just shoot me. Don't shoot anybody else. Just shoot me. Brendan shoots the priest in the back of the head. 
Amelda and Liam witness him oh. shooting the priest. He then walks Amelda and Liam up further and he decides to kill Liam first because he knew he was going to kill Amelda and he didn't want Liam to spend his life without the loving, the like, love of a mother. He shoots Liam in the side of the head oh. and then he sh- and uh, Amelda is holding him when he shoots her when he shoots him and he then shoots Amelda in the eye and he what shoots him at like close range Sarah like when I say when I was so angry watching the footage and then when that motherfucking priest says essentially what he said to him to then walk out of a police station a guard station where this family are waiting to like find out where they he knows where they are he says it's in Craig Wood like he knows everything, everything. and he leaves like hundreds a, of people for a man to say to him I shot a child while his mother held him mm-hmm. and then I shot his mother yeah. and then I shot a priest a man of the cloth like you yeah. this fucking sanctimonious piece of shit yeah Ugh. so the priest won't tell the guard anything he walks he leaves the station and he says what was said to him was said in confidence. So now the guard asks a gentleman called Tony McGavin to come and speak to him. And Tony has a history with Brendan, which I'll go into later on in the story. But essentially, he was um, he had custody of him when he was a teenager. Okay. Um, and Tony figures out Tony's already gone to the guards to say, "I told you it was in Craig's Wood." Tony knows that the like if it's in Craig's Wood, Tony knows Brendan's history. Tony knows these people are dead. So Tony goes in and, to- and like the footage of Tony, he's like the sweetest man. He's so sweet and lovely. And he goes in and he starts to get really annoyed with Brendan. So he's trying to work Brendan up. And Brendan's like, I didn't fucking do it. And these guards are fucking on me and fuck this. And to- like it even just like from the little time I spent reading about him and watching him, he's just like you would tell that it's not in him to curse we love Tony yeah and he was like fuck the guards there's three people missing here there's a little boy and she, he knows Amelda because he's from the village right, right right and he knows the he knows Liam yeah and he's like fuck the guards there's three people here now there's three people here now and you've done something to them and and I know he says to um, Brendan I know where they are and I'm off now to help the guards to find them okay and Brendan goes no you don't know where they are they're not in Craig's Wood because he goes I know that you would go to Craig's Wood and so he said I knew then and there that it was Craig's Wood I knew that my original instinct was correct and I knew Brendan's a whole dumbass yeah Yeah. a whole dumbass so Father Walsh's body is found on Sunday morning no Father Walsh's body is found on Saturday night sorry not Sunday morning so he's found uh, close to kind of midnight and Sunday morning some 900 feet away the body of Liam and Imelda are found they've been buried in a shallow grave Brendan is immediately brought to Mount Joy and he awaits trial and the funerals of the tree tree begin and an inquiry is opened by the Minister of Justice about how the Garda handled the investigation amazing yeah I'm not surprised by that at all and nothing happens so I'm gonna halt everything now okay and I'm gonna talk about Brendan O'Donnell do it so Brendan O'Donnell he's a troubled child he's put on antidepressants at the age of four for bedwetting red flag oh my god antidepressants at the age of four 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 years of age at age six he finds his mother after she attempted suicide 
At the age of nine, his mother dies unexpectedly and he is said to be absolutely devastated. He's also, they say in like a number of articles and they say in the book and his sister says about him that he was like weirdly close to his mum. He was like obsessed with her. Okay. Um, his teachers say that he's difficult and that he's impossible to reach. And at the age of 12, he steals a rifle and he lays siege to his own family home in Whitegate. He holds his sister, brother and some family friends hostage. And his own father says that he's completely out of control and that he has never witnessed a man pick up a rifle as fast and shoot as fast as Brennan. Jesus Christ. He's arrested for the ordeal, but he's sent to the Trinity House Detention Centre and not a mental health facility. He's 12 years old and he's gone to a detention centre and he's shown symptoms from the age of four to have mental health issues. Something very wrong. He escapes and he takes refuge with the McGavin family. So the McGavin family say that he essentially shows up in the middle of the night or in the middle of the day, just appears on their land. He's wet, he's hungry, he's covered in mud and they take him in. They're also from the locality, so they're aware of who he is. But Brendan's family have completely disowned him. So his mum's dead and his father... It's like, I can't deal with this. His father is like, I can't deal with this and I don't have anything to do with it. And I'm sure they probably couldn't get any help either. No, so they they literally take... Like, no one's helping them with this kid. So the McGavins do everything they can and they take him in and they try everything to get him help. The McGavins request for custody and Brendan's dad gives him up. He signs custody over to the McGavins. They take him to Ballinasloe Hospital, to St. Mary's Hospital. They bring him to Dublin to try to get him evaluated. They put him into every possible men's... So these are just people that he yeah. turned up on their land? Yeah. Oh my God. They try get him help from every mental health institution they can and they're just constantly refused. They get no help. He's, ne- he's put into institutions, but he's never diagnosed with anything. Yeah. And essentially he's just given back to them. He's not given any long-term medication like no one tries these guys are trying to help them but like the local health authority is doing nothing um the feeling at this point is that it's easier not to diagnose him because there are no resources in the area to treat him okay um and the people of Whitegate are absolutely terrified of him so he's just out and about yeah and the McGovern's are now terrified of him because his mood swings are so violent he's prone to like violent outbursts but it's just like he goes from being absolutely perfect to being just... deranged he hears voices he talks about like, like schizophrenia yeah basically yeah and for the safety of their own children they remove him from their home Brendan is now homeless he has nowhere to go so he then goes to his grandmother in air court she hides him in her attic for three weeks Christ this is so messed up yep he she had to hide him from her own family because they were like don't have anything to do keep with him keep him away from you keep yeah, him yeah. away and so she was hiding him in, hiding him in the attic and she was stealing food to give him and he could only access the house for sleep he couldn't do anything else in the house and when it, they show pictures of the attic and it's like it's literally like a loft like it's it's not warm it's not cosy it's just full of shit when she could no longer help him she asks father Sean Nalon the guy who this motherfucker for his help the priest gets him to England but Brendan is arrested for robbery and is sentenced to one year in prison in April 1994 he skips bail 
and he returns to Whitegate. Okay. So it's the same. He comes back and then essentially yeah. does what he does in Whitegate. Brendan O'Donnell has spent 80% of his teenage years in detention centres and psychiatric hospitals, but has no full-time or permanent care or medical... Like, he's, he's not given any treatment for anything that's wrong with him. Oh, this is so messed up. So, we're going to go into the trial now. So, the trial starts in January 5th, 1996. So, the, the murder happens in 1994. He's been in Mount Joy. Yeah. From, from then on to 1996. Brennan is found to be of sound body and mind to stand trial. Gotta love Ireland. Gotta love late 80s, early 90s Ireland. Yeah. His trial begins January 5th, 1996. The trial lasts a record 53 days and it's the longest jury trial in the state of the history at the time. So this bit can be, this bit is, is difficult I'm going to go into what he says hap- what he actually says happened does he give a reason as to why he did it or just he yeah. just explains okay okay so on the O'Donnell demand okay so O'Donnell demands Imelda and Liam accompany, accompany him to on a mission to a post office essentially O'Donnell shows up at Imelda's house okay she's there with Liam yeah she's in the middle of cooking breakfast yeah O'Donnell has a gun. Oh, God. He says he was in a relationship with Imelda. Oh, he's so sick. And that they were going to run away together. And this was the plan to get them to run away. But what he then says is that he was going to rob a local post office and she was going to come with him. So she was hold. He was holding her hostage to come to the post so office. He just wanted her to be a getaway driver, so basically. he could steal it. Right. And she was going to be a getaway driver. Right. He says he forced. He says they had consensual sex, and he that she said to him, "Let's have sex to try calm him down." But it's later found in there is she is assaulted. Oh. She's sexually assaulted oh, at some okay. point. And O'Donnell then essentially after getting to the post office realizes that Imelda is not going to be a wordy getaway driver okay he then forces her to drive on out of the village she then begins to what he says happened is that she then begins to like try to get people's attention so she's like screaming and shouting in the car and so he then makes her drive up to the woods he Ben says essentially exactly what I said happened in the woods where he shot her. But he also says during the trial, so at a later date in the trial, he says that he heard the devil's voice and the devil was telling him to kill Amelda and that this was the devil's daughter and that he felt great about the fact that he was killing the devil's daughter. He was proud that he was killing the devil's daughter. He's so mentally unwell. Yeah. Oh my God. There are also... During the trial, he attempts to strangle himself in hospital. Okay. So he attempts suicide, but he attempts suicide in the oddest way. He is being held in Dundrum, which is a mental institution, but he's been driven from Dundrum to Mount Joy to make it look like he's in Mount Joy and he's not mental. Oh... Why are they doing that? Because they want to like. Oh, he, because they don't want to give the uh, the insanity yeah. plea. They yeah. want to be like he's not insane. He's, he's not insane. He knew what he was going he to do. He knew what he was doing. Okay. And throughout the trial, the they say that like he was going to kill Fiona Sampson. That there was like he was on an intent to murder as many people as so possible. If the guards hadn't got there, he would have killed her. That yeah. girl. right. 
Um, but he's in Dundrum. He's being treated in Dundrum for mental health issues. Yeah. Um, he's found guilty. He is sentenced to life in prison. And his his sentence is really odd. Okay. So he's sentenced to life in prison with a review. He is not to be released until he is deemed incapable to kill. That's not a thing. No. Like, <laughs> Are you going to kill anyone? No. Grant. Like, Out you go, it's Brandon. It's the oddest thing. So essentially the judge is like, you did this. You're of sound body and mind. You're a cold-blooded killer. Which I'm not saying that he isn't. But he also has he's mental so health issues. He's so desperately mentally he's sick. Wow, he's so sick. But they're also making it look like he isn't sick. Out of the 53 days of trial, he's only in court for about 20 of them. The rest of them, he's not there because he's deemed unwell to be there. So, but they're sorry. So they're saying he's too unwell to be here uh, at 23 out of the 52 days or whatever. And But they go on with the trial without him there. And, but then they're saying, oh no, he's fine. Yeah, so they're saying he's of sound body and mind. And if he's of sound body and mind, well then if he can't be in court because he's sick, court doesn't happen that day in Ireland. Like if I was in court for something yeah. and I had been in court throughout my trial and then I end up getting sick, like I you know, end up in hospital yeah. or whatever, court is just postponed until I'm until well enough better. to go back. So they basically wanted, they didn't want the insanity plea, they wanted this guy. They wanted him to go. So okay. he's sentenced to life in prison. He is told that he'd be, tra- he's being transferred to Arbor Hill but very quickly he gets to Arbor Hill and they send him to Dundrum because they're like we don't have the facilities to treat this guy send him back to Dundrum yeah so he's then sent to Dundrum in the year he's in Dundrum he's said to have undergone a massive metamorphosis he's said to be a sane normal functioning human being he, but he has no remorse for anything that he did okay and did, did they medicate him and stuff yeah and they so he's him. fully medicated and no he's remorse on a, he's on an antipsychotic medication no remorse he he said like the priest Father Nalan continues to visit him for, like he goes like once a month and uh, the other gentleman the McGavern McGavin's family yeah he went to visit him and he said there was like a massive change in him but they were both like he didn't have any remorse for what he did because he didn't he didn't did he genuinely believe the devil was telling him to do no, that no he just didn't understand that he did it oh so he had a disconnect from yeah, what he actually he's just did like, he was like I didn't yeah and he was like I'm better I'm not he didn't I don't even think he even understood he was sick like this guy has like gone through his entire life this is his being entire schizophrenic life he's been on antidepressants since he was four, four years old yeah. I've only been, been on them like since I was 17 and I'm fucking lunatic so I can only imagine so he's in He's sentenced in 1996. He goes to Arbor Hill, but then is quickly transferred to Dundrum. He has a change in Dundrum because he's been given his medication that he's supposed to be on. Listen, I'm not saying that in terms of if he was given his medication when he's four, he wouldn't have done what he no, did. No, 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 I get you, yeah. But he... But Brendan is found dead in Dundrum Hospital oh. on an overdose of prescription drugs. And the drug is... Um, Malaril, which is an antipsychotic, and no one knows how he got them because he's in a mental institution that everything is signed for. Was he collecting them? Like, was he not taking his antipsychotic and collecting them and kind of maybe pretending he was okay and then just took all his antipsychotics? The feeling is that the feeling in Whitegate and with the people that knew him is that no, the feeling is that someone, someone gave them to him. Someone gave them to him. Jesus he has Christ. four times the dose of what he about a person should have for his weight and size. Um but also the feeling on Whitegate is that he kinda of got what he deserved. Yeah, like I get I get I get that feeling. Like this is horrific. 
However, if Brennan was 14 or 15 years old today and showing the signs or symptoms of mental illness in Claire today, he still would not have access to the correct or proper help. He would be sent to the the closest institution I could find or mental health facility is an adult's mental health facility. They still don't have a children's mental health facility in the west of Ireland. It's just disgraceful. <laughs> and the only one that they do have is in Dublin and it wouldn't have room or space because he isn't shown... Essentially, the one in Dublin is if you are shown like immediate risk to yourself or other people. Right, right. And at 14 and 15, he isn't showing immediate peril Her- to himself. Yeah, 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 he yeah. isn't going to kill himself. He isn't showing any symptoms of suicide or attempted suicide. So insane. if Brendan was alive today and none of this had happened... Brendan would just happen again and the same thing would happen. But that's the thing. It it currently is happening in this country. I've seen so many people desperately seeking help for like their children who are violent or psychotic Mm. or, you know, I just can't begin to imagine being a parent being like, my child is so sick and nobody will help them. Yeah. Like, I probably shouldn't say this. I'll decide whether I want to cut this out. Um, I know somebody, you know, a family with a son who has schizophrenia and it took them years for their child to be diagnosed to the point where he assaulted his own mother yeah and just went down to the local shopkeeper and was like i'm after i think i'm after killing my mother like it took that she's okay she's fine she's absolutely fine but it took that for them to actually try and do something to help him like it's almost as if you know we'll wait until he kills someone yeah and then we'll try and help like so much needs to be done in this country and this is what year like, how long ago is this it's 1994 and it is 2000 to 2020 and we're still struggling with this like yeah. it's horrible dude that was horrific yeah but so well told thank you for telling it that's so so awful and so sad um god it's a it's a really sad case and i think in terms of like, listen, the other thing that I came across which made me so sad is I, because I was looking for Amelda, Amelda was an artist, is what it said, but Aww. I couldn't find any of her art. Yeah. I wanted to see what it was. But her son, Oshin, has grown up now and he's an artist. <gasps> oh, Oshin. Yeah, he's a photographer. Um, like, he grew up without a mum and a brother. He grew up without a mum and a brother. He's seven years old and they're taken away from him. And poor Val as well, like, her poor yeah. husband. And it's so, like, when you look back on the, like, on the footage on the news where that journalist is like, are you worried? And at this point, they're missing five days. He's like, no. And you can just see. And then they showed the footage of the funeral. And, of course, everybody in the village went to the funeral. But, like, it was just, like... But unless that priest had gone missing... Oh no, like that priest hadn't gone missing. They weren't going looking for this girl. Yeah, no, they, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Unless that priest had actually hadn't been abducted by this guy. Yeah. God only knows how um, long Because they were, they didn't, the only way they linked her car back to her was because a priest found the registration in his field. Just priests everywhere. Not a priest, sorry, a farmer. A farmer. <laughs> sorry. She's like a legion of priests. No, so <laughs> um, um, no, a farmer found the right, but the, the registration wasn't far from the car. So they found the burnout car. They didn't even check in the field to see if there was anything else around. They didn't think that a woman had been reported missing in the village the day before. Fucking hell. We need to do a TV show about a priest or a legion of priest detectives. Is there not one about a priest detective? There has to be, but ours will be better. There will be many priests. 
so many priests can um, Dawn French be the main yes she, she can be the vicar she can be the vicar um, <laughs> that'd be a great show no dude that was so so good so horrible I hope I told the correct you did no like, it's completely cohesive the timeline is perfect it's desperately sad it was fucking difficult to get timeline correct because I think people I like we just have lazy journalists in this fucking culture <laughs> tell you that much thanks for like, a journalist though because um, <laughs> I wouldn't have any information on anything without it lazy folks <laughs> um, and then also like that poor girl Fiona Samson yeah. there's all this fucking horrible like when I say the media were like this is so weird for Ireland like in her face kind of thing Emma when she was being because car- she had no shoes on oh. a guard gives her a piggyback and they're like Fiona and they're literally like with a microphone in her face being like Fiona well they don't know her name they're like are you okay and she's so sweet and she's so innocent and it's just like fucking hard like he came into her house Grabbed in the her. morning she was like and the same thing that happened to Imelda he came into Imelda's house in the morning he arrived at the door in Imelda's house with a gun and was like and Imelda, try, Imelda he said that Imelda tried to make him breakfast was like please it's okay she tried to kind of trying to calm, to calm him down. down and then the whole sex thing was like but obviously that's not what happened no. in terms of sex he assaulted, he assaulted her, her yeah. um, and he said that she he- she never let go of him oh like, and and also in terms of they don't obviously this is Ireland and it's one thing I'm thankful for in terms of our media we tend not to go into gory details of they, what happens at yeah, crime yeah, scenes yeah they don't yeah, yeah. but the, all of the crime all of the newspaper articles I could find say that she was ritualistically slain that there was a, because he says that the devil that told the devil him to do told it, him to do it yeah. um, and that there was some form of like but the priest is essentially executed and left and then he goes on. Uh, he he does, but he there where they're buried and how they were placed, there was like essentially they she he had placed the body. He had made it look like something, but I couldn't figure out what it was. But it said that there was a ritual intent to the murder. Um, but then when he goes to court, he's like, no, actually we're in love and we were gonna go to France together. No, that's an awful thing to say, but he like, was clearly very very unwell. We're gonna rob a post office, and then I realized that she wasn't the getaway driver I wanted. And she tried to have sex with me to calm me down, and like all what a, of this. What a what a male thing to say. What a male fucking nonsense thing. I'm really upset. Your wife's like, let's have sex. Yeah. Graham's upset. I'm not like, here, listen, throw it in me. <laughs> Lob it into me. <laughs> throw it in there. Are you sad? Come on now, up to bed. Up to bed with you. We'll have the time of our lives having this sad, angry sex. Like what the fuck? Jesus, dude. So- yeah. Intense, but Don't really, work. really good. Oh, here, I do want to throw something out. Go, go, um, throw it out, throw it out. So, you are unsure about what you're doing next week. Yes. And you. So, essentially, I want to ask people that are oh, going yeah. to listen to this episode do. should Emma do a mystery? With no murder. Or should she do a murder? Yeah, because... Because my husband, who's the most logical yeah, man on the planet, was not, like... It's not competing. Uh, it's not a fucking mystery yeah. podcast. <laughs> I know it's called Murder Most Irish, but obviously I was thinking about maybe doing some other stuff, like things that look kind of odd and weird. And kind and of, this is a weird it is, mystery really story. It is, really weird fucked up. But yes, let me know yeah, so somehow. Vote one for mystery. Vote where, Sarah? Vote two <laughs> for murder. Just send me- <laughs> Shout it. One. <laughs> no, if you send us either an Instagram message. Yeah. Or, or just comment and say, like on one of our pictures or something. Yeah, murdermostirishpodcast at gmail.com. No one has com. sent us an email. 
Oh, other thing I have to discuss. What? Is that who, what was last week's episode? Was last week's episode oh, you? Oh, the girl that he, that messaged you. Yeah, 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 yeah So yeah. Emma's uh, episode last week was about, uh, what was Michael name? Bambrick. Michael Bambrick and what was the lady's uh, name? Patricia McGauley. Patricia McGauley. And um, a girl got in touch to say that she knew Patricia McGauley. Crazy. Um, and that she knew Adrian. Yeah. Patricia's daughter. Adrian! And that she was named after the Rocky movie. Um, and also that we had spoken about the fact that it went kind of nowhere for five years before yeah. the guards ever did anything. And apparently, um, Mr. Bambrick had been dressing up as his crazy dead slain wife that's crazy and trying to pass as her it's so amazing when you do something like this and then someone gets in touch and is like I knew this person yeah and think about Ireland is it's so small as well so it's so easy to kind of like remember I told you about that my favourite murder thing when they came here for the first time they came here and uh, to Dublin they played in Dublin and a girl got up to tell her hometown murder yeah and she was halfway through her hometown murder and someone shouted up from the audience that's my auntie yeah like that's how tiny Ireland, Ireland is, is tiny. Like. but that's very very cool thank yeah. you I don't know her name but thank you for um, Orla is her name Orla thank you yeah. for messaging us we really appreciate um, it and it was so and I just felt like she said that when she started the podcast that she knew it was going to come up Oh, sorry, Orla. Yeah. You're awesome. It's you're an awesome person. Yeah. Fuck that guy. He's a fuck that guy. Piece of shit. You're not. Um, you're awesome. And it was just, it was sad. But then also, like she was kind of saying that, like Adrian had gone on to have great life. Good. And, yes, Adrian. Yeah, and yeah, so I and mean, I hope his other daughter Louise had an amazing life too. Yeah. And you don't need a father like that. You're more these men as I always say about my own father. He got my mother pregnant. That's all. Happy Father's Day. My father is dead. <laughs> It's, um, it's Father's Day it? on Sunday. Oh, I don't know. Listen, all of this episode go, well, is dedicated go, to all the shitty dads. I'm gonna in make Colin sad. Colin, my father is dead. He's gonna go, go. Oh, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So it was just amazing to get some information about something that we yeah, discussed. Really cool. Um, send us an email, please. I know I keep saying this, but just someone send us a nice oh, email. I don't, I, I don't check the emails. I do just to say do hello. You? Yeah, I just like an email. Okay. We get loads of promotion once. I mean, we don't know how to do this. No, we haven't got a fucking we clue. Haven't got a clue. We're just winging it, with, but it's going okay, I think. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a new song this week. We have. You're going to please listen to the song because it's the funniest thing. Colin's God just a bless fucking him. genius. He's a genius. He's a little gay genius. Oh, it's the best. It's the best. <laughs> he makes up all our jingles. He makes up all the songs, <laughs> and all of the stuff he puts in it is factual and correct and true. <laughs> And says a lot about me and Emma as people. Um, but it's probably, honestly, sometimes at the, when we get the podcast edit, I don't listen to me and Emma. Just I just skip, skip to the end. To Colin's To bit. see what he's doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Thank you for listening and enjoy Colin's jingle jingle. And have the best week. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.